And the main point of this week is about discovering the masculine warrior in your heart. If, if instead of letting society define masculinity, look to God to define it. And when mm -hmm. God defines it, you'll discover a warrior's heart, right? And that basically means you have to make a choice. Right. As a man, you get to choose what kind of man you're going to become. But there is some barriers to that today. And that is part of it is you've got to uh, dispense with all the societal garbage and lies that they've told you as a male. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Salty Pastor. Uh, Dr. Douglas Peak here, and Jesse is out. He's currently on a tour of uh, Israel right now, and we're excited for him and his journey over there. And today I have a special treat. My oldest son, Zachary Peak, is joining us today for our podcast on The Salty Pastor. You want to say hello? Hello there. How's everyone doing? <laughs> We're just glad you're here. And remember, one of the biggest things about the Salty Pastors, our goal is to help you learn the tools uh, to build your own faith. That's really mm -hmm. what it's all about. It, it, de it definitely has a masculine feel to it because we're challenging people to do the work. Uh, we want to come alongside you. We want to help you. We want to give you all the tools necessary, the community and encouragement that you need. But in the end, life is too short to be shallow. You got to do the work and you got to begin with yourself. And so that's what the Salty Pastor is all about. And we're currently in a series called Desperado. So son, what do you think about this series about men so far? Uh, I like the imagery, the cowboy on the horse. <laughs> what is it about that? That's just always just attractive. It's iconic. It is. And it just, it always just every, every time when you see that, I mean, every time I see it, my first thought is like, wow, that looks really great. I'd like to be out there. I want to be out there next to that guy on a horse. Maybe just be that guy on the horse, just riding off on my lonesome, going over the hills in the old West, you know, just something about it is always attractive, always catches you and makes you want to be there yourself. What's really interesting because that appeals to the masculine soul mm -hmm. because the feminine soul tends to see images of family and community and friends and together and mm -hmm. and it's drawn towards that. But there's something about the the desperado imagery mm -hmm. that speaks to the masculine soul. I think yep. it's really quite fascinating. And that's mm -hmm. what we're on now. Brief review, everybody. Uh, the first uh, two weeks. We kind of just address this issue that we are all uh, created, males are created in the image of God, and we're created to be masculine, forebears of the image of God. So we need to pursue what that means. And it's really difficult because our society denigrates masculinity. Boys in particular are being socialized away from masculinity. We've talked about how our society blames all of its problems on males mm -hmm. and it's trying to feminize boys so that society is less dangerous. But what's interesting is crime rates are growing up. All of these things are going up. And the reason why is because when males are socialized in the wrong way, they become isolated, depressed, angry, because you're trying to force them to be something they're not. And whenever mm -hmm. you force a human being to be something it's not, it has dramatically bad results. Yes. <laughs> you would agree? Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, so bottom line is men get lost, I think. And that's mm -hmm. really important to understand. Men get lost uh, when they uh, refuse to embrace their masculinity. And masculinity is uh, the second thing we talked about is it cannot be a reflection of what the world says it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, if you look at the outside, masculinity tends to be 
you know, bigger muscles, bigger beard, you know, chiseled good looks, uh, increased femininity looks more uh, feminine, you know, the perfect body type, uh, the perfect hair, the perfect skin, the perfect all these things. These are, these are just outward manifestations. And the problem is when you focus on the externals for masculine and feminine, what you do is you end up sexualizing masculinity mm -hmm. and femininity because what, what's the most powerful attraction between males and females is obviously the sexual intimacy bond mm -hmm. and that's reflected in the creation of male and female in chapter two of genesis where he says you know god created them together and for this reason a man shall leave his mother and father yeah. cleave to his wife and they should become one flesh which is not just a physical manifestation mm -hmm. of birth of a baby but a spiritual connection as well yes right so Anyway, that's kind of the review, and this week uh, we're going to be looking into 2 Timothy chapter 2, mm -hmm. and the main point of this week is about discovering the masculine warrior in your heart. If, if instead of letting society define masculinity, look to God to define it, and when mm -hmm. God defines it, you'll discover a warrior's heart, right? And that basically means you have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. Right. As a man, you get to choose what kind of man you're going to become. But there is some barriers to that today. And that is part of it is you've got to uh, dispense with all the societal garbage and lies that they've told you as a male. Mm -hmm. And so there's an important note about that I'd like to make as well. When we look at we, t we talk in the context of our modern day culture, our modern day society. Think it makes sense. That's the most relevant. You know, we're trying to help people find truth and giving them the yes. tools to find God, find what is real, what is reality. And so it makes sense to talk about it in our specific cultural and social context. But when we talk about uh, masculinity and how society lies about it and tells you, you know, what it is not and wants to define what masculinity is for you. That's not just our society and our social structure. That is every society throughout history. Mm -hmm. The Romans had a very clear idea of what it meant to be a man, didn't yes. they? Yeah. And, and what, what were some of the uh, pieces? What, what were some of the attributes of the Romans masculinity? Would you like to share some of those? <laughs> well, it's very hierarchical. It's yep. very patriarchal. It's about power. It's, it's, about it's all about power it and about dominance. Dominance over women dominance. and everything. Yeah. Like that. So those were, you know, what it was to be masculine in the Roman empire, which yes. I would also have some bones to pick with that. Not just what sure. we have today, but bones to pick with that. And so I think what's important to recognize- So those are two extremes. Those are two extremes. And my yeah. point is that sometimes we, when we talk about something specific, it's also a broad application. We're going to talk specifically about the lies that American men today are told yes. in American society and American culture. Okay. We're, we're, we're going to speak to those specifics, but it's important to recognize that no matter what culture, no matter what society you're in, people don't change that much. Right. And if someone listens to this in 3000 years, then there's going to be another society defining masculine in an incorrect way. And in so a, now, way. no matter where you're at, you can never outsource your, the truth. You can never yes. outsource what it means to be masculine. You have to have something that tells That's you. That's a good that. point. And so if you outsource it to society, that's gonna, you're going to have a bad time. Mm -hmm. And so where are you going to find what masculinity is? And of course, what, what is our thesis? Where's the best place yeah. to find masculinity? Yeah, in God, because in God. he's the one who created you. And he, you know, masculinity is a reflection of God's image in you. Yes. And that's why it's so critical. Mm -hmm. So, well, our, our passage today is going to be 2 uh, Timothy chapter 2. It's going to be verses 1 through 7. Uh, you up for reading that or would you like me to do it? Sure. You then, my son, Paul is talking to Timothy here, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's interesting, you know, strong in grace is the yeah. first way he starts off. He says, be strong. 
Be strong in grace. And then he tells you where you need to be strong. In the grace that yeah. is in Christ. And what I love about this is we see in this first sentence, it's a nuanced view. What is masculinity? It's not something simple. We see the strength and the grace right next to each other. Yes. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Yeah, and it's really interesting. Um, one of my favorite statements is the very last one. Is he, he tells you you need to reflect on this. And I think mm-hmm. we as men, like you just said, masculinity is a very nuanced thing. Mm-hmm. And it changes, you know, you understand it more as you get older. You need to reflect on it. You need mm-hmm. to regularly reflect on it. And like you said, uh, every society throughout all human recorded history gets off track. And, you know, it's like why you need a compass. Anytime you yeah. go anywhere, you always need a compass. Why? Because you always get off track track Mm -hmm. and you need that true north that always pulls you back to where you need to be but i think the reflection that's what we're going to do today and the first thing he points out is he says look uh i want you to find other men Mm -hmm. to teach so he says you need to have man-to-man relationships the things you've heard from me right in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men the NIV changes this to people, you know, mm-hmm. which uh, I don't think is accurate, mm-hmm. right? He says two men who may be able to teach others also. And so he's teaching Timothy what I call the unbroken chain. And the unbroken chain and specifically masculine uh, uh, ethos is that only men can usher males into manhood, mm-hmm. all right? And this you see this throughout all cultures. Uh, throughout all cultures, girls become women simply by exhibiting the capacity to bear children. So when a woman would menstruate mm-hmm. or she would get to the point where she was no, no longer childish, she would say, oh, she's a woman now. Mm-hmm. Um, just by the virtue of becoming reproductive, mm-hmm. she's a woman. But boys, in order to become men, have always had to pass a rite of passage, a test of manhood, a test of competency, mm-hmm. a test of character to prove that they were men in whatever society that they had. So I'm curious about your thoughts on this. Well, I think the rite of passage thing, it, it speaks to what we, what we talked about earlier, how every society has something that is a rite of passage. Every society has something that ushers a boy into manhood, and all of them usually get some parts right and some parts wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, there's, there's just a, nowhere has that true north. Nowhere, no society, no group has that true north. The only true north is in God. It is in the one who created you who has that nuanced view of masculinity. Uh, G.K. Chesterton says in The Everlasting Man that uh, truth is like a key. It's it's nuanced and it fits into every little hole exactly how it should. Mm-hmm. It's not just some big block that comes and smashes things. It's the, it's it's so incredibly nuanced and and it works and fits in every situation because you know masculinity is a confusing thing. It is something that we don't fully understand and we don't fully know. And so God is the only place we can go to get that. And we see a little bit in here. How does God communicate that to us? 
Because I think a lot of times we talk about, well, God is the one who, who gives us us. It's like, great, how, how do I do that? Do I write him a letter like Santa? Do yeah. I send him an email? Is there a text? Do I go to the Pope's office and use his special phone to talk to God? He has that, right? That's uh, <laughs> it's Catholicism, yeah. Orthodoxy. Yeah, <laughs> Catholics aren't going to be happy with me. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but, but my point is that it's like, how does God influence us? How does God communicate that to us? One of the things is by other men. Yeah. It is through other men because what Paul is telling Timothy is continue this chain, but there's also the receiving end. Why is Timothy where he is? Is because Paul brought him up. Paul refers to him as his son, not because he was yes. actually his son, but because he was a boy that Paul ushered and taught and cared for and helped become a man and helped become a pastor. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's really interesting is that a lot of people don't understand is that the phenomena of separating boys from their fathers and separating them from other men in the community as they mm -hmm. grow up and sending them to a school, and what is the predominant gender of the teachers in the school? I would assume female. Yeah, it's 80% female mm -hmm. uh, between first grade, uh, kindergarten, all the way up through uh, high school. Mm -hmm. And it's not until high school where you start to see uh, probably about 60, 40 in the distribution mm -hmm. between males and females. And what's really interesting about that is that that's only a phenomena that's about 100 years old. And, and what's really even more interesting than that is this notion, and that is, is that up until about 1930 to 1940 is that 90% of everybody in America, was, their whole livelihood revolved around agriculture so the majority of these people grew up on farms and so these boys grew up on farms doing what very early on they had big responsibilities they worked alongside their fathers and their uncles and their older brothers right mm -hmm. and they so they worked very hard and so there was woven into just daily life this idea of man mm -hmm. to son or man to boy and and so he was naturally right um uh, what do you call socialized but today that's really missing in our society to the point now where uh, christina hoff summers who is uh, she says that she's a, a feminist but she's an academic and a scholar but she wrote a book called war on boys and she says that the problem today is that the gold standard for behavior in our public education system is the girl mm -hmm. and you see that in all the outcomes it said boys are now treated as defective girls and what's really fascinating is up until uh, eight years ago the boy to or the male to female transgender issue were was three to one so three boys wanted to be girls mm -hmm. to every one girl wanting to be a boy uh, and so it's really kind of fascinating up until about seven or eight years ago that over the last 50 years, that has been the issue. And so you can see the influence of mm -hmm. this process of socialization. And that's why so many parents and so many have gotten their, their boys involved in sports. Mm -hmm. Because it, it, sports, like when you played football, right? All, you played football when? In elementary school, middle school, and high school. Mm -hmm. How many female coaches did you have during that entire time? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Right. It's all men, right? Yeah. And when you look back on your experience of playing football at uh, Capitol High School, what was the thing that you liked or got out of it the most? 
Well, I feel like I learned a lot through that yeah. process. There was a lot of adversity, a lot of uh, difficulty, lots of obstacles, and I had to learn to overcome them. I had to learn to work hard and just, uh, you know, learn from coaches, be coachable, just, you know, be confident, but humble, that kind of stuff. You know, it, it was a, it was a difficult, it was much more difficult for me than school was. School for me was, was very easy yeah. and I was able just to kind of breeze through it. And so football offered me something that was much more of a challenge that was much harder in this competition that really helped refine me in a lot of ways and grow my character. And what's interesting, so it wasn't the win-loss record that was most meaningful to you. It's the culture. Well, especially when we uh, had those seasons where we did not win many games. That was very much the win-loss record was trying not to matter. <laughs> well, when you were in middle school, you didn't win many games. But when yeah. you were in high school, high school you guys dominated. Yes. Yeah, high school, we were, we were a little bit better. Well, but the thing about that is it was the culture, mm -hmm. you know, that was so and, and that's what we're missing. And that's why I think suicidal ideation is so high among males. Uh, depression and anxiety is so high among males. So many males are lost. Mm -hmm. And that's because what society done is taken that that uh, option, that cultural option to be socialized into masculinity away mm -hmm. from them, you know. And that's why he says here you need to find Faithful men who are able to entrust others also. Like in football, you know, the coach goes out. He wants all these other guys to coach, and he wants good coaches. He doesn't mm -hmm. want bad coaches. He wants coaches, other men that are faithful and good teachers and good examples. And that's mm -hmm. kind of similar to what Paul is telling Timothy. You know, find this genre. So, mm -hmm. well, let's move on. And I think what interesting is right after that, he says, you need to join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus, which is choose your sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about the, the need for men? Because you said something just a minute ago. School was easy. Academics were easy. But what was hard? Football was much harder. <laughs> it was much harder. So, that, that, so you were attracted and shaped by the struggle mm -hmm. more than the ease. Talk about that. Well, I, join with me in suffering. I think there's a lot of different... Uh, there's a lot of different ways we could go talking about what should our attitude towards suffering be? Yeah. What should our attitude towards persecution be? But why do you think it's so necessary for you as a boy growing into a man mm -hmm. that it was the struggle that shaped you the most? Why? Yeah, well, that, that built strength. You know, that, okay. that builds character. That builds an ability to look at a situation that is going poorly and recognize we can make this better or I can make this better. You know, what, what was really interesting, and, and you mentioned the, the record and we talked about the win-loss. Uh, in middle school, like my last year of my middle school football team, we were 0-7 or something like that. Yeah. We were awful. We were yeah. very, very bad. Yeah. I did not play much. We uh, we lost every game. That was not, not a That's good That's why season. they lost, because you was, didn't play much. Uh, thank you. You're much too kind. Uh, <laughs> No, but like it was, it was a rough year. It was not, not a lot of fun, not yeah. a lot of happiness at those practices, not a lot of good times. But then uh, I kept working, started going to the weight room for football workouts and stuff like that. And then, uh, you know, I went to high school, the team was much better, a much better culture. And that to me just, it built this resolve because I went through a situation where stuff was really awful and stuff mm -hmm. was really bad. And then it got much, much better. And part of it was because I was working harder and I was able to have more opportunity to work hard, but also just because uh, the quality around me got better, the culture around me, just the culture of the programs was different and it was better. And mm -hmm. it just showed me that, you know, now I think about the idea of like uh, young men having the idea of suicide. It's like how much uh, difficulty have they gone through that they were able to overcome? Right. Because when you go through something difficult that you're able to overcome, it just builds slowly in you that, you know what, no matter what it is, we can figure it out or I can mm -hmm. figure this out or I've been in a rough spot before I can move forward. But yeah. if you never have any of that, then when something bad happens, that's when you don't, you're unsure of yourself. You lose that confidence. You lose that inner strength.
Yeah, and it's, uh, it's interesting during all those times as a father, you know, to his son, uh, what's really interesting about it is that I, you, you got to choose, and once you chose, then I said, well, you got to stick with it. Mm-hmm. But over all those years, what would I always say was your greatest asset? My brain. Your brain, yeah. That's why you let me run into people with football helmets. <laughs> there you go. Uh, some people say, that's a little incongruent there, Dad. But no, but see, the thing is, is it wasn't that you were going to become the next, you know, Peyton Manning or anything mm-hmm. at all like that. I realized the, the capacity for you to become that, the rare athlete that gets to the NFL, but it was that in that environment of physicality mm-hmm. and the struggle is that you were learning mental toughness and your best yeah. asset was your brain. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I read a, a story or a study about that showed how men uh, bond and grow and particularly how they look back on experiences. And it's really interesting. What researchers did at a university is they created a fake fraternity. Mm-hmm. And then they recruited guys to join, all right? And then they split the re- the people to recruited into two groups. In one group, they to join this fraternity, all you have to do is write an essay, mm-hmm. one paragraph long. I want to be a part because blah, blah, blah. It's not blah, an blah. essay. That's a paragraph. That's a paragraph. <laughs> he said, then the other group of guys had to go through a really strict initiation, mm-hmm. and then they got hazed, you know? They got yelled at and, and stuff. Not severe, but it was all, you know, some hazing. Then they asked the guys uh, their connection to the fraternity, Mm -hmm. right? And you know what they found? It was the guys that went through the strict process and the guys that got hazed had the highest uh, uh, respect for the fraternity Mm -hmm. and the highest commitment to it, you know, which is really interesting. And so our society is stealing that from boys, right? It's stealing them from having to work through anything. Mm -hmm. What, what women are doing today that are leading in our public education system is saying that the problem with boys is that they don't express their emotions Mm -hmm. and they need to be more emotional and okay. That's what girls do, right? That's not what boys do. Boys have to learn to control their emotions and overcome hardship. Mm -hmm. That's how they become masculine. So I think that's a critical point that our society has lost. Yeah. Well, the the suffering is, it can come from so many areas, but in so many cases, like the way we control it and the way we relate to suffering, uh, if it's a choice, it's usually something we're suffering for something worthwhile. And Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it's always a choice. Like I think of the suffering that Paul went through was a lot of persecution. But that was a choice. He chose to be persecuted because he was not willing to shut up yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. He was not willing to back down. He was not willing to uh, abdicate. He was saying, this is what is true, and I'm going to move towards this. And if you will persecute me, fine. Then I, that's the way I'll yeah. go. Yeah. You know, and, and this suffering, it, it, builds something, it builds towards something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. It, it builds towards a goal. And yeah, as guys, that is the very best thing that you can do, you know, is, is moving towards something that is good and something that you have to work for. You know, you know, like I you said, academics like was really easy for me. You know, I was very blessed with a good brain. And so I was able to go through school and it just made sense. And it was really easy. And I like didn't really get much out of it. Like I, I didn't really make any friends in many of my classes or anything just because yeah. it wasn't hard. It was just like, oh, I'm just sitting, listening to some guy yammer for 40 minutes. And then I take a test and I get an A and great. It's, it's done. Like it just, you know, it was just boring and, and mm-hmm. lame and not great. But I was good friends with the guys on the football team, guys that I didn't have any classes with, guys that I didn't really even see at school all day. Yeah. But then I saw them for two hours at football practice. And those were my buddies because we were going through something together because we were trying to yeah. accomplish and we were working towards something. And that's the bond that Paul has with Timothy. Is it not that they have been 
spreading the gospel and trying to build up the kingdom of God. And that was difficult. It's very difficult. And they had that bond because they had gone through these difficult times together. Yeah. And I think that in the next, the next verse or or the next truth in this passage comes to the forefront front where he says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather he tries to please his commanding officer. And that's basically the notion that you got to choose your sacrifice and your sacrifice better be something where you're not living for yourself. And I think the, this, uh, that verse to me is the most applicable for young men today. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've heard of Twitter or yeah. Instagram, yeah. or Snapchat, yeah. or TikTok, or, or I've heard of them all. <laughs> uh, television and Netflix, and it's really easy to waste time. Mm-hmm. How easy is it if you're listening out? Just if you're listening today, think about how easy is it for you just to waste a bunch of time? How often have you just like been like, oh, well, I'll watch a show, or I'll just take out my phone real quick, and then thirty minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours, however many hours later, you're like. Oh, well, that was a big waste of time. Whoops, you know, you get pulled in. And something that is, uh, I, I do think is, is a masculine quality is that focus, is that strength to ignore this other stuff. Is to say, you know, no matter how much I care about this thing, it's a distraction. No matter how much I enjoy TikTok or like it or how much fun it is to scroll through and everything, how much I get, I get pulled into it, I don't care about it. It's, it's worthless to me and just moving forward and not being distracted by those things. Mm -hmm. Because I do think, especially today, there's a lot of distractions in our world. You can distract yourself with a lot of things. You know, we've, we've been talking about sports. How many people distract themselves with sports? Yeah. You know, that's all you're doing is watching sports and reading statistics and stuff. And I'm a little guilty of that one. I I really love watching some football. But I think a deeper (laughs) point there that needs to be pointed out is that uh, a man's soul thirst drives him to be interested in things outside of himself, you mm-hmm. know, like sports or, or uh, hobbies and these things. It's a part of that. There's the problem is, is that the world uses those right against you. And so that you never ask the deeper well, you, question. You can't let yourself be distracted. If, if right. you, if you have not found what it means to be a man yet, if you have not found God, if you have not found truth and you don't have that meaningful purpose in your life that you are chasing down and seeking Jesus. And while you do that, you are making an impact in this world through your relationship Mm -hmm. with the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. If you have not found that yet and you're distracted from that, then yes, you need to go find that. And the world is distracting you from that question. Uh, It was really interesting. I was listening to uh, one of the uh, most popular podcasts in America uh, recently. And he, this guy, he's a sports guy and he had this writer on and they, they talk occasionally and they're both in their, I think fifties now. And it was really interesting listening to them because you know, it's, this guy's usually a sports guy. It's like mm-hmm. the biggest sports podcast in the world. And he was talking to this guy who's a writer who's done really well. And so they're just talking about like pop culture and just kind of just a little bit of everything, just kind of going around, kind of riffing, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And they started talking a little bit about like, it started with ghosts a little bit like, oh, what do you believe about ghosts? Yeah. But then the writer, you know, because he's a writer, he can't help but, you know, bring up deeper things. He's like, you know, you talk about ghosts really superficially, but you know, what makes a ghost? You know, how does that something exist? There's gotta be like a God or something. And you never talk about that. And the guy's like, Oh, uh, sports. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like completely, he's like, he has no, he had nothing to say. He yeah. was just like, uh, I don't have any answer to that. Yeah. Just like totally taken off guard. And it was interesting because here's a guy who's, he's built some successful companies. He's done, uh, you know, a great job. He's got a super popular podcast and everything, but he's distracted from these questions and he doesn't want to look at them. Yeah. He's just, he totally ignores them. Mm-hmm. And so there are men like that 
who, yeah. if you are distracted by this world, be, to be taken away from these really important questions about who you are, what you were meant to be, what it means to be a man, those questions are a lot more important. You need to get rid of those distractions. Also, sometimes you have those questions answered. Sometimes you've heard of Jesus or maybe you've been baptized and you go mm -hmm. to church and stuff and you're like, oh yeah, I know God, it's great, it's, it's cool, but how distracted do you let yourself be? You know, how, how much are you focused on Jesus? Are you taking time? Cause I'm going to talk a little about training this weekend. The, yeah. the thing you do, how, what you do in this world matters and, and makes you who you are and how you choose who you're going to be. And my question to you is how much time are you spending reading your Bible every day? How much time are you spending in prayer? How much time are you meditating on the words of the Lord? How much time are you spending talking with God about what is coming in your life or who you are called to be right now? You know, and that can be a radically different answer. There's going to be people out there who what God's calling them to do is go make something awesome happen. It's going to be about your career and your work, and that's great. Maybe you've just had a child or you have young kids. Maybe what God's telling you he wants you to do is be a really good dad. And you know what? Maybe your career doesn't matter as much right now. That's okay too. But are you in communion with God, undistracted chasing those down? Because I think a lot of men, whether they know who Jesus is and have that within them or they don't and they need to answer those questions. Either way, they let themselves be distracted by mm -hmm. how much is in the world. And when I look out at, you know, the young people in my generation and the, the men who are a little bit younger than me, but, but who are adults, I see a lot of distraction. Yeah. You just, you get pulled into these distractions so easily. And I think it's because like this sports guy, you don't want to confront those questions. Mm -hmm. And so it gets really easy to be distracted when you don't want to confront those questions. But that kind of shows you how important it is to, to face them. You know? you gotta, you've got to face those deeper questions because, you know, the next thing he says in this passage is there are rules in life and you break them at your own peril. Mm -hmm. You know, he says anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Mm -hmm. And, you know, his imagery is athletes must compete according to the rules if they want to win. And there are rules in life if you want to become the man you are meant to become. You just have to accept it. And one of them is, is you have to follow the rule. Know yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to answer the question that you just said that the world spends its time trying to get you to be distracted from ever asking or answering. Who are you? Who are you? And most guys won't do it. You cannot, because see, once you figure out the answer to that question, is, that's when you stop living as a victim, mm -hmm. you stop living as a pawn, you stop living as a sheep, and you start living as a man. And you start realizing, look, I'm responsible for the outcome of my life. I'm responsible for pushing the needle in one direction or another. Mm -hmm. There's, and like what you said earlier, what I do every day matters. Whatever I train myself for, that's what I'm prepared for. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm prepared to face that. So um, let's keep going because he then says this. He goes, the farmer, right, it should be the first to receive, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. So I think what he's trying to say here is you put in the work and you're the first to receive the harvest. So once a man decides to take responsibility for his, his life and his mm -hmm. outcomes, right, he starts to put in the work to become a better man, mm -hmm. right? So who do you think uh, gets the harvest of his improvement first? Well, he does first. And, and I would say that answering that question, who are you? 
that is a harvest that you will enjoy for the rest of your life. Yeah. That is an incredible harvest for you. But what's interesting about this is just like the farmer, he gets the first of the harvest, right? Because he's out there. Yes. He's, he's hanging out with it. He's getting it right there. So yeah. he has it in his hands. It also benefits so many other people. Correct. And, and so, yes, there's this uh, firstness that you get because you are the one being changed. You are the one moving more towards truth, more towards true north. And that's an amazing thing for you and you enjoy it first. But there's a ripple effect and it is great through the people first to the people closest to you. And then it slowly ripples out just like a rock in a pond, mm -hmm. you know, when it goes, it gets a little smaller with every, you know, every step further it gets away, but it still is rippling out there, yeah. you know, and that's why it's so important to answer that question. And then to become a good, strong man is because a good, strong man has amazing ripple effects in this world. It creates so much goodness. It creates protection and security. It allows for things to prosper. It creates freedom. That is what that masculinity can do. And so, yes, the man will enjoy that first because when you answer who you are as a man, when you find out who you are and what your true north is and start moving towards that, when you have your identity that you are confident but not arrogant about, mm -hmm. then you enjoy that first. Because you start orienting your path, your life path, towards something that is good and true. And that is when you see like all these men that we look at as role models and idols, men that we look back upon as, as uh, examples of good, true men, that we look on stories of sacrifice and courage and heroism. That's what those guys had is they knew who they were. And so they were able to be undistracted. They were mm -hmm. able to live according to the rules of who they were and they were able to move forward. And you will have that too. So you will enjoy that first. But that's also going to create quite the ripple effect for those, especially those closest to you, yeah. especially for the women who are closest to you in your life. Maybe it be your mother, your spouse, your daughters, your sisters, your cousins. It will create great ripple effects to them and the freedom and security it offers. But it also, the other men, it helps uh, strengthen that chain. Yeah. Because then the other the other boys may be around you or the ones who are trying to be men. They see it and they are able to be inspired by you as well. Yeah, and I think that that's why he then says, once you get that, what you're talking about, mm -hmm. he says, this is what you need to reflect on. You need to understand that this is really the essence of, mm -hmm. of life is becoming our true selves in Christ. That's yeah. really what it's all about. And you, you use that term uh, identity, which I think is so important. He goes, the Lord will give you insight into this. When you start living mm -hmm. that way, the Lord teaches you and guides you in this path that you're becoming. And so, well, that's excellent. I, I'm really excited. On Thursday, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about why it's so hard for guys to discover this path and this truth mm -hmm. and kind of go over what our society is doing to men and what you as a guy practically can do about it. So this is the Salty Pastor signing off, and it was a great day for me to see my son right here beside me spitting wisdom, spitting fire. Gotta love it. So God bless you guys and have a really great day. And I hope you join us again for our Thursday podcast, Desperado.